0: Often imitated, but never ever duplicated, this is the world famous Mo' Money Mondays on All About Us Radio.
1: Welcome back. We're kicking it off tonight with Money Talks. Let's get started. This is Mo' Money Mondays, and it's time for Money Talks. I hope that everyone has had a fabulous weekend. So many protests, they're still going on, everyone. Oh my goodness. I had no idea it would last this long. Uh, I guess it's a great thing, absolutely. There was an interesting protest that I saw where everyone was on bicycle. Moved very quickly, very, very large. I spent most of the week in the Berkshires. And I must say, white people were very, very kind. A little bit of stepping all over themselves to be kind. It was a little extra. I definitely noticed an intentional effort and a big difference. But I'm not mad at it. I receive it. I received it all. I had one incident, though, that was very curious. I went for a drive looking for a grocery store and I couldn't get a signal. So I stopped at a little motel so that I could use their Wi-Fi and uh, the owner came out of the office, asked me how he could help, and he gave me directions instead. So I did my best to, you know, record the directions in a text message to self. And then another patron said to me well i'm heading to route 73 why don't you just follow me and i said okay great and he said but when you get to the intersection be very careful because the police are usually there i was a little perplexed and i looked at him and i said police i'm i'm not worried my car's legal i have plates i have a license and he actually said to me well you know how you all can get. And I looked at him and I said, you mean women? And I got in my car and I followed him and he went very, very fast. And I thought to myself, what's the speed limit? I had no idea. I didn't see a sign. By now we were going 63, 65 miles. And something told me, my intuition said, Vonda, slow down. You're not from around here. Your skin is a different color. He's already told you about police. I got a funny feeling. I followed my gut. You know, not everybody's down for the movement, guys. That's just the truth. Um, I felt like I was being set up for a ticket or a pullover. So I let him go. I don't know how far ahead he went. I didn't see him at the intersection. I purposely let him lose me. And I decided when I first saw a speed sign, guess what it said? The speed limit was 40. I was so happy that I followed my intuition. Just thought I'd share. So, you know, the killing of George Floyd and the whole incident with Breonna Taylor, the murder, has has really set off a wave of protests and dialogue on racial injustice that is still going on. It's been weeks. And many corporations, big and small, have joined the the conversation now. Many of them are issuing statements and vowing to stand with Black Lives Matter and the movement. And, you know, saying Black Lives Matter doesn't mean all lives don't matter. It means Black lives have been and are at risk in ways others are not. Our nation's movement to finally hold white supremacists and corporations that have bred systemic racism for generations to hold them accountable, beckoning that Black people deserve the same freedom afforded to everyone in this country, and recognizing the injustice they face is a valuable step towards change. I'm here for it, but let's be clear, this ain't the first movement it's just the first led by white activists on a scale of this magnitude. So for just a minute, let's follow the money. Now, according to CNET.com, some major companies from like, you know, huge retailers to clothing stores, game publishers, fast food chains, and many, many more are giving substantial donations in the fight against racial injustice and systemic oppression. Isn't that wonderful? They're giving to organizations that include American Civil Liberties Union, the NAACP, in fact, their Legal Defense Fund, to be uh, specific, and the Equal Justice Initiative, among many of you know those helping to create change. So Black Lives Matters, Is operated by an umbrella Black Lives Matter organization called the Black Lives Matters Global Network. And the effort started in 2013 following the acquittal of George Zimmerman in the killing of Trayvon Martin. And we still haven't forgotten that. So, hallelujah. To collect donations, though, the websites use a charity called Act Blue Charities. It's a 501c3 organization that specifically makes the platform available to charitable organizations. And campaign finance experts tell us that it's false to say that donations to Black Lives Matter groups are going to the Democratic National Committee or to Democratic presidential campaigns simply because the website uses act blue and i understand that so just to clarify act blue lets candidates and liberal nonprofit organizations set up their separate accounts but they can't decide they don't get to decide where the money goes among themselves like you have an account on this platform makes sense but some tech companies like Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, and others have followed up on their supportive words with major donation pledges using this platform. Some other companies have yet to put their money where their mouth is. But many companies are giving substantial donations in this fight against racial injustice and systemic oppression. But, you know, white supremacy is... The original sin of this nation is guided by the desire for economic gain at the expense of others. And that list doesn't address many of those corporations that have been accused of discrimination. Let's just be clear or at least that we've heard about in media reports and social media in the recent days. So I encourage you to spend some time researching the companies you buy from just to be sure that they are aligned with the values and ethics that you uh, possess. You know, everyone, it's really time to wake up and be conscious about where and with whom we are spending our money. It's no secret that here in the U.S., you know, racial economic inequality continues and has persisted because of the failure of those folks with leverage. We know, we know who those folks are, right? With their failure to invest in people of color, the same people who continue to pay the price for a 21st century economy built off of white supremacy and of the 19th and 20th centuries. This is no secret. And it's no coincidence that two of the most economically disenfranchised groups in the United States, which is who? Native Americans and African Americans have the longest history of being exploited for economic gain. And we're still doing it. So time to get woke. Pay attention to where you're spending your money. So let me name a few of the mission statements to be specific. (laughs) Mission statements. I don't know what to call them, posts on social media uh, of some of the leading companies that have registered during the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, tech companies like Amazon and Apple and Google have pledged donations to racial justice in the wake of George Floyd's death. And they're also using their voice, uh, the voice assistants to spread awareness. Can you believe that? Like, you know, Alexa and things like that. You ask Alexa, do all lives matter? And apparently Amazon has prompted a firm response. And Alexa will say, black lives matter. Black lives matter. I believe in racial equality, something to that effect. And then it goes on to say, I stand in solidarity with the black community in the fight against systemic racism and injustice. All of that from Alexa. (laughs) Okay, I don't know if I want that in my home. She just, she's too nosy. But to learn how you can take action, I recommend visiting uh, blacklivesmatter.com and the NAACP.org. Anywho, Apple, Siri is prompted with Black Lives Matter. And their answer is when you ask if Black Lives Matter, Siri will say, yes, they absolutely do. And then give you a link to the site. But some of those corporations that are, you know, bucking up and, and donating funds. Let me start with one of our favorites, Walmart. Now, you know, <laughs> but they're coming with it. They got a lot to, to clean up. So Walmart has announced that it will contribute a hundred million over five years to create a new center for racial equity. I don't know what that means. But in an email to Walmart employees, CEO Doug McMillan said the center will seek to advance economic opportunity and healthier living, including issues surrounding the social detriments of health, strengthening workforce development and related educational systems. Oh, and they're also going to support criminal justice reform with an emphasis on examining barriers to opportunity Faced by those exiting the system. Okay, does some, anybody feel like they just doing too much? I mean, you've gone from being completely racist to all of this. Uh, let's see. I, I'd like to see what the result, what the results are, because you know it takes more than just a donation, folks. It takes more than money. I'm I'm gonna stay away from Walmart for just a minute. But also Target. Target has announced a $10 million commitment. Hmm. Is that firm? <laughs> a ten million dollar commitment in an effort to advance social justice through supporting partners like National Urban League and the American uh, or the African American Leadership Forum. Okay, I'm here for it. Then also Home Depot. They are donating a million dollars to the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights. All right. I'm not mad at it. Etsy, these are just some of the bigger ones. Etsy announced a total contribution of a million dollars in an Instagram post. And the company is donating 500,000 to the Equal Justice Initiative and 500,000 to uh Borales Philanthropies Black led movement fund. I like it. Uh, The gaming industry, EA Games, that's, uh, you know them, the Electronic Arts. They're a leading publisher of games and consoles, PC and mobile apps. Well, they've announced a million dollar donation to improve racial equality, starting with donations to Equal Justice Initiative and the NAACP's Legal Defense and Education Fund. We also have H&M. They've pledged $500,000 across three different organizations that was posted on Instagram. When now they're posting this on social media, is that, does that make, is that a commitment? Is that legal? Is that a legal commitment? Is it binding? I'm not sure. It's a good question though, but I guess we're in a new age and that's how information is being circulated, right? Social media. We even have clothing, uh, companies, Spanx, you know, this is a women driven company. Uh, they have announced a 200,000 commitment on Instagram. I like it. Black Lives Matter, NAACP, Legal Defense. All right. The Gap. Ooh. So The Gap and The Gap, I think they embrace Athleta, Old Navy, Right. So their brands have pledged a total of $250,000 in donations to the NAACP. Oh, also, and embrace race on behalf of the brand that includes Athleta, Old Navy, and Gap. All right, well, now this gets good. Let's talk about some of the food industries, the larger companies, McDonald's. Mm. Okay, well... <laughs> Are people still eating McDonald's? Um, Anyway, fast food giant McDonald's is committing $1 million to the NAACP and the National Urban League. Okay, well, that's great. I mean, Lord knows their food is responsible for so many of our illnesses. We also have Wendy's. Wendy's pledged on social media $500,000 donation to support social justice. Uh, and the youth uh, and education in the Black community, starting with the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. So they say that we are about putting our money where our mouth is, quote. So here's our money and here's our mouth. We are committed to donating 500000 to support social justice. We also have Coca-Cola. What are they doing? Coca-Cola released a statement titled, Where We Stand on Social Justice. That's what it's called. And they committed $2.5 million in grants from Coca-Cola Foundation to the NAACP. Okay, let's drill down here for a minute. Some of these companies have been in the mix for a long time supporting uh, the Black movement, Coca-Cola being one of them. The others that have emerged after, you know, amazing hypocrisy. I guess you've got to start somewhere, right? So how do you feel about that? I guess ideally we have to give them the opportunity to make a change. We have to swallow it and let's see what they do with it. Will it be enough? I'm not quite sure. But uh, let's talk about the operations of the Black Lives Matter global network. Now, just because I'm following the money, okay? So we've got all this money. How's it going to get to where it needs to go? I don't know. Uh, You know, there's always that middleman, but, but, but the claims seem to have flourished, you know, and there's been confusion over the structure of this black lives matter global network, which is incorporated in Delaware, by the way. So the act blue donations page on the website specifically says that the money will be given, uh, or I'm sorry, that the money will give and benefit Black Lives Matter Global Network. So they are the platform that collects the donation. Technically, the network also has structured a foundation, the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, (laughs) which is fiscally sponsored by a global nonprofit called Thousand Currents, which I've heard of. Have you heard of them? But according to uh, someone named Janisha de Rivera, who's the director of the finance and administration at Thousand Currents, she says that the partnership between the network and the nonprofit uh, was announced in 2016 and that the nonprofit organization is just the fiduciary oversight so they're just the overseer the financial management and they handle other administrative services to the black lives movement okay that makes sense kind of like the back office because someone's got to do it long story short apparently black lives matter global network foundation is an organization within thousand currents so that makes sense and you know you've got to set it up this way so it can accomplish its charitable purpose and they do this so that the organizations can get the money before receiving approval from the IRS so that the money doesn't get held up you know there was all this talk about whether it was going to the Democratic Party or not and I think the Democratic Party you know they've got their own donations but they use the act blue donation page so I don't really believe that that's What the Black Lives movement was, you know, that the money was going to the Democratic Party and presidential campaigns, they're they're just using the same platform. It's a fiduciary, safe space to
0: collect money. Okay, I'm glad I
1: could clear that up. That about wraps it up for Money Talks. You've tuned in to Mo Money Mondays. This is Vonda Jamison, CEO of the Jamison Legacy Group. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Jameson Legacy Group. Have a question about your finances? Need a little help? Give me a call at 914-206-6619. Again, that's 914-206-6619. And I'll help your money make sense. Coming up, we've got a special guest in the house, and we're going to talk about it. Hey, Vonda, let's go ahead and talk about it. When I sit down with a client to have a consultation or begin a financial plan... It is always very important for me to know a little bit about their emotional history, sometimes even as far as their family tree. Because what I've discovered around so many of our financial obstacles that human beings have is that there is a conditioning that has happened, and very often, not even in this lifetime ancestral conditions that have been handed down that, you know, lead us to believe certain ideas and certain theories that very often are not true or do not apply uh, to our current life or current circumstances. Each person has their own particular relationship with money. And more often than not, that relationship was formed while you were growing up. So those of us that might have had more teaching around money may have a more successful experience than those who did not have any training whatsoever. But in order to make your relationship with money better on your own, it's key to take a closer look usually at how your parents um, affected your financial decision and really look at the conditioning behind your thoughts around money and in my journey of studying the mindset and emotional condition around finance for you know concerning people individuals i met a wonderful young lady who was facilitating a platform that revolved around how people felt about their circumstances or the things that they were doing or the practices they were putting in place and i began to participate in these group dialogues they were wonderful they really drilled down into deep-rooted behavior of individuals and she seemed to create this world of authenticity that individuals were able to relate to and exchange dialogue around weak places in their lives or uh, insecurities, places of lacking. And I found this really fascinating that she somehow motivated people to really open up and look deep within. Not an easy extraction for most, and certainly not your usual conversations. So, you know, I had to get her on the show. And I'm so delighted and so excited to welcome Miss Shanice Starr to the show. But let me just give you a little bit of background. Miss Starr is a life activist also known as the awarenesspreneur and believes that self is the nucleus and is where she applies her focus because everything is an extension of self. Ms. Shanice Starr is founder and CEO of the Reprogramming Institute, as well as Celebrate Thy Brother, The Power Within Sex, Figure Your Finances just to name a few. She's an awesome communicator, and it's my greatest pleasure to have her call into the show tonight. Shanice, are you on? I am beautiful. Yes, I'm so excited. So I have been following you and watching you for a little while, and I am so impressed with how you do what you do. Please, can you give us a brief synopsis, outline of, you know, how did you even get here? How did you discover your reprogramming institute or that this was your mission, your superpower?
0: (laughs) Well, as with everything that I do, I am my brand. So I discovered it by me going through my own process, me uncovering my own mirrors, me doing my own self-inspection and self-assessing literally since 2003. Um, I call it beneath the surface personal development. So I stumbled upon it because I noticed my, uh, my imperfections and my own issues and my conditioning and my wiring. And because I believe we're mirrors, it was easy for me to identify it in others once I identify things within myself so that's where it started it started about me um having a discord or a disconnect and feeling uneasy asking myself questions and being surrounded by actually one particular person I was introduced to in 2002 where he would just ask me questions about myself about life and I kind of just continued that going on and I kind of got addicted to it and that led me to connect dots in myself and in the world so not sure if that answered the question for you.
1: Yeah, what a great addiction. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really yeah, hard. You
0: gotta yeah, 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 I get obsessive with it sometimes. It's yeah, I, I love being obsessed with myself. I love yeah. being obsessed with knowing how I think and how I talk.
1: <laughs> I call that polishing our mirror, like, you know, to get every little, you know, piece of, of uh, shade and dirt out. Um, so now. This is difficult because this no. t- speaks to ego though. Like how you know, how do you how do you remove your ego so that you can do this kind of work? Like how do you how do you help people
0: do that process? Because I'm I'm working on it and it's not easy. It's not. It's not easy. Um I call it the one percenters, like even my master classes that we have every month is like it's for the one percenters and when we really look out into the world. Um, and again, that's why you got to do it first yourself. Because when you do it first yourself, you're you you get a different type of eyesight and a different type of hearing, and you really start to hear like how the average person really isn't interested in putting in this type of quote-unquote work because like you said it is not easy initially and I, again I can speak from experience talking about 17 years in that it does become easier it does get easier it then becomes playful it's no longer a struggle it's just a challenge you start to like see it as a game because it's you and you and nobody else um yet initially it's not easy at all it's it, I mean when you ask me what I do and to put it you know in layman's terms or you know snapshot it Ultimately, I assist people with the volume of the voices in their heads and the narratives they tell. Ultimately, mm-hmm. that's what I do, whether it's in finances, relationships, health and fitness, business, because that's all it really is. Everything that's guiding us is about the volume of the voices in our heads and what they're telling us. And so it's challenging initially because we already have a set of programmed responses, programmed programs inside of us that we didn't put there. And so it's a battle. We call it the Venus and Serena match because it's still love because it's sisters, right? It's still love, like we're not hurting one another, meaning inside of ourselves, but it's still a huge battle uh, because you're going up against a set of conditioned programs inside of us and they are much stronger than this quote unquote, new program or new condition that you actually want to put in place. And many people are just not up for the challenge. Yeah, it's difficult, especially
1: being raised in the black and brown community. I think most of us were raised to really survive. I know personally, there wasn't a lot of nurturing or it didn't come from within or from my parents. You know, I, I got it and I received it in other areas. So regarding your platform, how do you achieve your platform? Like how? what type of process do you use and that's effective or most
0: effective? How do you reach people? Well, I reach people by listening to people. That's number one. Mm. So as a CEO of the Reprogramming Institute, that's one thing. But then I'm also a community activist. So I'm, I engage with people. I host a lot of different events. I curate a lot of different conversations. And so I meet people that way. You know, I meet people because I engage with people. And um, the process is really just about consistency, repetition and accountability. Like whatever it is that I do, all of my programs, they deal with consistency, repetition, and accountability. And I am clear that my target audience is receptive people. So I don't come up against a lot of resistance because I'm only interested in receptive people, right? I don't, I don't push programming onto people who aren't receptive for it. Right. And conditioning, you know, consistency, repetition, and accountability, those are things that many of us, are not really interested in participating in from a conscious standpoint, meaning that every day we do something with consistency or repetition, whether it's scrolling through social media, whether it's yapping on the phone for three hours, whether it's binge watching something on Netflix. Some people do that with massive consistency and they do it with repetition, but the moment it comes to consciously doing that, like consciously now sitting down and meditating and being still for an hour or consciously taking a class, consciously reading a book and doing it over and over and over again, now that's where it's kind of annoying. Yet that is where the, that's where the success is at. Because anything that we do right now, it came with those things. Us doing it consistently with repetition and accountability, whether it was tying shoes or learning our alphabet it's just that we wasn't doing it per se consciously at that point so really it doesn't seem like it bothered us you know but now that we're talking about whole grown people after 20 30 40 50 60 70 decades that's up against a lot of conditioning mm. you right. know so the platform mm. Uh, is the platforms that I already have, right? It's people, because I deal with people. doesn't matter whether I'm dealing with someone in the real estate arena. I'm dealing with someone that basically barely makes six figures and someone that basically makes more than six figures. It doesn't matter because we're talking, again, about the volume of the voices in your heads and the narratives they tell. And that's everybody. doesn't matter their profession or their background. So my platform is just connecting with people and then listening, because I can hear who's then interested in actually doing the work and who's crying out for the help, even if they don't know that's what they're doing. Wow, that's
1: fascinating. Um, so I am enthralled by these conversations that you have. Can you share with us what they are? I mean, I don't want to tell it. I want you to tell it. Uh, I know you have these amazing conversations across the board. Can you give us a little bit of information about what kinds of conversations and tell everyone how wonderful they are? Because they really are. They're amazing. I've never experienced anything
0: like it. Uh, Give thanks. I appreciate you. And I'm glad that it's uh, something that you feel valuable in your world. Um, So I've been hosting conversations as a community activist for quite some time. Yet, as I mentioned, it's not just to have a conversation because we have nothing else better to do. The conversation is part of the process, and so understanding that most of us are who we, not most of us, all of us, we are who we are because of the conversations we participate in, by the information that you know we're being given or not being given. So I understood conversation is part of the process to eventually lead us to consider things differently and to take action in a different manner. So hence, that's why we present these conversations, because it's one of the links in the actual chain. And the conversations that we have are based on our associations. So even a step before the conversation, we look at who am I even associated with? So whether you're talking about the conversations we talk about regarding relationships with let's get and be better together, whether we're talking about the power within sex and the shame that comes with that, whether we're talking about figure your finances, whether we're talking about doing water fast and detoxing, whatever it is, if it's new to someone or if someone's not doing it, it can be directly traced back to our associations. Like we're not even in associations talking about, for example, multiple streams of income or passive income. We're not even in associations that, talking about how did i show up differently in my relationships and am i in control of my feelings am i putting other people in control of my feelings like we're really just around a lot of dictatorship like when you mentioned growing up like in the black and brown communities like most of us weren't taught to have a voice like it was just dictatorship it was like clean your room because i said go to school because i said do this because i said and so therefore we're not even taught to know how to think we don't even know how we've even come to be because we were told how to be, not ask, do you think you should clean your room? Why why do you not think you should clean your room? You know, what does it say about you if you do not basically want to wash up? Like, like engaging in dialogue with us, and that's why I'm grateful for the household I grew up in, where I grew up in that type of household. Where it's like helping me to understand that I am my own person, even though I'm a little person. And so these conversations help us to be able to identify with our programming before we can even decide to want to reprogram. We first got to even identify, like, oh wow, um, I keep re- you know recycling the same relationships over and over and over again. I never even realized that, and I haven't even realized that I'm just recycling issues I had with my father from the past, or whatever. And so the average person goes day in, day out, not having conversations. We may talk or have dialogue, but it's not really a conversation. So the conversations we bring to the table all deal with a 360 life. Like I call it 360 living. And we just have space, you know, prior to the pandemic, we did it in person. Like this is stuff that we did every once a quarter. Some events were once a week, some were once a month, just to help us engage in conversation, not a podcast, right? Not listening in to someone else's conversation conversation or thoughts because engagement is important to our reconditioning and our reprogramming. So our conversations are inclusive, like where everyone participates in the conversation and in the conversation, you're speaking from your personal experience. We don't ask you to talk about what you read, your certificates or any of that. And that's how it's also people reprogramming themselves without them even knowing it, without them even being a paid client, because it's like, you're speaking from your experience. And so we have people, whether it's the brothers on the corner that tune into our relationship conversations every Friday. And they're like, this is therapeutic, sis. Like, I didn't even know I needed this. And we're talking about 47 year old black men that are saying this, you know, like, I didn't even know I needed this. Like, I didn't even know how I was showing up in my relationship. I didn't even know, I didn't know my partner's love language. And so, I am aware that the only community there is, is the community of self. So when I say community activist, it's not, it's not meaning that I'm out in these streets, it means that I'm understanding that the self is its own community, and there is no external community without people. And so that's my focus, is the individual, because when we start to help individuals change, the community will change, it's not rocket science. <laughs> Wow, you you're so powerful. Um, I'm
1: sure you have an idea. I am just thrilled in learning how powerful you are. I would like you to share, uh, maybe a, a memory or what was your most victorious um, transformation in someone that you worked with that really helped you to identify that this is your calling.
0: Most transformative. <laughs> hmm. it's a lot over the years. (laughs) Besides me. It's a lot over the years. Wow. you have a favorite? I I would probably say my mom, because my mom is actually one of my clients, ironically. (laughs) And the reason why I say my mother is because my mother's going to be 70, and you don't have many people who are, quote unquote, of that age bracket that's interested in reprogramming themselves. (laughs) They're like, you know, so I guess I would say her because because of the whole the adages of you quote unquote can't teach an old dog new trick or mm-hmm. once you're set in your ways you can't change it so I love basically being able to dispel narratives and watching my mother number one be able to learn from me as a woman not as her daughter is very not not seeing it as me being amazing but amazing about her thinking that she's able to compartmentalize and see me as a woman, as an activist, as a reprogrammer, and be able to take quote unquote direction or suggestions from someone that came through her, literally, yeah, <laughs> and literally. to be able to learn from that and for her to be able to utilize it and just watch, being able to watch it. So the most transformative ones would be the ones that I, have, that I see up close and personal. Because mm-hmm. illusions are real. Anyone can look like they're changing and transforming if you're with them for an hour, or hear them speak on the radio, or see them on television. That's that's cute. Yet it's, for me, it's the people you see day in and day out to really know if transformation took place. Because change and transformation in my book are two totally different things. And so yeah. that's why I'm mindful of putting people on pedestals or saying I like a person if I only know a certain aspect of a person I don't know you holistically so I'm choosing my mom because I'm up close and personal with her and to be able to see how she has grown in her language in her thinking and basically changing the story for herself even at her age even through her experiences where most people that are in their 60s heck in their 50s and 40s are not interested in changing themselves and like actually hearing it and just watching her level of engagement. I have so many things that I do and she literally tunes in not because I'm her daughter, but because it's literally helping her to show up differently, whether she's in her ministry, whether she's at work, whether she's mentoring someone else. And I'll I'll hear her say something that a year ago, she wouldn't have said it that way. And she Mm -hmm. says it differently. And so she, I would say my mom is the the biggest um, success story that I have been able to witness. Um, yeah. Beautiful. My mom. Beautiful. <laughs> you must be really proud.
1: Uh, I, I, I would love to be able to say that about my mom. We're still working on it. But, you know, sometimes, you know, people are trying to change and they're all over the place trying to make those changes. What would you say would be some of the clues that people can like, you know, discover about themselves that may help them to understand that they need to really work from a reprogramming perspective to make their changes like how would I how would a person know that maybe this is what I need to do and and this is how I need to go about it what kind of pulse do we need to
0: take well first of all you have to be present because as I mentioned we're running on a set of you know the words of Joe Dispenza like we're 95 percent of us of who we are 95 percent of the day we're running on a set of unconscious programs like so the first thing is we would have to even, as the saying goes, slow down and speed up. Like We would have to first even be present to what we're doing. It's kind of like observing yourself outside of yourself, like an out-of-body experience, like being able to observe yourself. Like, what am I doing? Like, if you're not already in a state and that was me, I started asking questions like, why do I feel this way? Why is this happening? Why do I feel a discord? Like, Everything seems fine around me like what's happening so first thing is are you even asking yourself questions like do you are you even asking yourself questions when the day or the week comes because awareness is the first step to any change period it's the first step to any change and so being asking those questions allows you to realize that a part of you is waking up like that you're observing your program <laughs> like like why am I still a case in point, I had one client where she said, Shanice, do you think that I will ever get it? And she was talking about leaving her job, right? She's a lot carrier, can't stand her job, literally would cry going to work, like literally. And as I show people, like the feeling of being sick and tired and being sick and tired is not enough for people to want to reprogram. It has to, something else has to actually happen. And I said, I don't know. I don't know if you'll basically ever get it. I have no idea if you'll basically ever, I know that you're aware of it, But if you're not willing to basically now move in that direction and take action steps to separate you from that, you're just going to drive yourself insane. And this is where sometimes this thing, ignorance is bliss, comes from. Because it's better to remain ignorant if you're not going to do anything about it, because then you are frustrated and you're angry because you have too much contrast. So am I present enough to ask myself questions and to be able to then ask myself, am I still living the same life day in and day out? Like, am I living the same life day? Like, is there much, is there a huge difference in my life right now in 2020 than it was in 2015, 2016, oh, 2017? So, so be able to ask that question because the first thing is you got to snap yourself out of it. Like, what the heck is going on here? Mm. How do I have a new day every day? Really, every breath is a new day. And I'm doing, and I have, not, I have nothing to show <laughs> for it. Yeah, nothing to sense. show for it. So that's the first thing. If someone isn't even willing to identify that, then you can't go to the reprogram because you don't. You're not even aware that you're operating under a program. So who wants to fix something that they don't see a, a issue with or an awareness about? So that's the first thing. Is are my days like I call them groundhog days, groundhog weeks. Groundhog months, groundhog years. Am I around the same people? Is my bank account no different? And I don't mean different, oh, it changed by $1,000. I mean a drastic change. What is my health like? Am I getting bigger? Am I getting smaller? Is my heart rate? Like any area that you want to touch on. It could be relationships, health, fitness. And to literally be able to snap yourself out of it. I like to share with people, I'm like the flash and get out. Where it's like the flash, like, oh, (laughs) snap. I'm still here. Like, what's happening here? But okay. again, just like the flash, eventually, guess what? Those set of programs will come right back in. The flash was only for a moment. You got to have something in place to keep the flash on, which is where the accountability, the reminders, the triggers I'm known as a thorn. I'm a thorn because I understand the flash doesn't last long until you've reprogrammed yourself to stay in the light, so to say. Wow. That is,
1: is so deep. It's so deep because I'm listening to you talk and all I can do is, you know, think about self. So I'm very happy to be able to report that I am definitely in the right direction. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We have been listening and speaking with Shanice Starr, community activist and CEO of the Reprogramming Institute. Sister Starr, before I let you go, please tell us how
0: can we get in touch with you? How can we work with you? Where can people find you? ShaniceStar.com is uh my mothership, my mothership, and Your then will be, we'll be meaning because I have so many branches to my tree. Whether you're talking about you know celebrate.brother.com, whether you're talking about posturing up, because I do a call at the top of every day, 9 a.m. a free call about how we start our days and the stories we tell ourselves. So ShaniceStar.com is where you'll be able to connect with all of those things. Um, my number's public, right? Six one zero eight zero two triple zero three. You can call me, shoot me a text message and social media is Shanice Star on Facebook as well as um, IG. So those are the ways in which I can be, um, you can align with. Me.
1: Excellent. Excellent. I encourage everyone, please follow Shanice Star. Uh, if you haven't already heard of her, you need to, she will change your life. Thank you so much for joining us, beautiful. I appreciate your time.
0: Thank you so much for having me, beloved. Okay. I appreciate you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Shanice Star, very, very lovely. Thank you so much again. This uh, reprogramming institute, very significant, some wonderful work that she's doing. That subconscious mind, I'll tell you, you know, when we were children, your subconscious mind, just every experience, everything you did, everything you learned, your mind just soaked it up like a sponge all of the information it rejected nothing when we're young you know because you didn't have any pre-existing beliefs to contradict what it perceived you know our minds simply accepted all of the information during our early childhood and we accepted it as true so you can see why this becomes a problem later in life i mean Every time someone calls you stupid or reprimands or you know worthless or lazy or some one of those negative attributes that i'm sure all of us have heard at one time or another you know but we've stored that that information away for reference and it comes up as we age often we might have received messages about our potential in life or our limitations You know, based on physical abilities, skin color, gender, you know, your salary or your economic status, and it can really be hurtful later. It's important to examine those types of uh, conditionings and thoughts, because most often they're not our truths. They're not our reality, but we've stored them for so long. And we operate from that place and we hinder ourselves. It's important to uh, understand how old program, old programming affects us. But, you know, now that we're an adult, sometimes you think that you can just discard hurtful or untrue messages. Very often we overcompensate in other areas to instill in ourselves that it's not true. You know, if we're not feeling as beautiful, we overdo it with makeup or, you know, men have to get those really fast, big, bold, colorful cars. It runs very deep and we we often don't even recognize why we do some of those extremes. But remember that all of the information stored in your conscious awareness, that the only time you become aware of it is when... It limits your progress. So if that has been a consideration in your career or a thought in your relationships, in your productivity, uh, this might be a good area to examine. Very often we, we sabotage ourselves when we're trying to achieve a goal. And it can be maddening, sometimes on a hamster wheel, repeating the same behavior. You might switch jobs, but the same circumstances keep appearing, which tells you it's really it's not the situation, it's not your environment, it's always us. It's definitely you. <laughs> you know, so it's difficult to to look. It's difficult to look. It takes courage, uh, but I do believe with uh, Miss Star that it does get easier, and it 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 really does become fun. You become your own clever detective. You know, kind of hunting around in your head, you know, picking through your memories and, and seeing how they, they are linked to your present situation it can be very, very interesting. It requires courage. I, uh, I implore you to have the courage to take a look. But at the end of the day, we're all human and we all have some ish to unpack. Uh, I just love being able to use this platform to bring us information that can help us to expand our relationships, our careers, our financial situations. So bravo. I hope you got some nuggets out of that. For those of you participating in these protests, please use discernment and be very, very careful. Thanks for dropping in. Stay safe. Stay woke. And please live every day with intention. This is Vonda. Thanks for tuning in to Mo Money Mondays. We'll see you next week. This has been the most
0: informative show on the planet.
1: This has been another edition of Mo Money Mondays, another JLG production.